back on Earth, the crew of Apollo 8 has a message that we would like to send to you. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. She taught me to pray. She taught me about the weapon of prayer. Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand as all those who watch us online are also joining us. Uh, and let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning. Uh, before we get into our message this morning, I want to remind you about how we do our offerings around here. If you'd like to give a gift with check or cash, you can use the envelopes in front of you on the backs of the seats there and uh, place them in the uh, buckets on the way out. Uh, if many people give online or have signed up for recurring giving, which is very helpful for our budgeting. Uh, it's what you do is you just get together, you guys decide, we're going to give X amount of dollars to the church every week or however often you want to do it. And uh, you just put it in the computer, it automatically does it for you. Uh, or a lot of people use their phones, for some reason my favorite way of doing things, uh, and uh, can give through the Celebration Church app. And uh, they can give accordingly every Sunday that way. And thank you for your continued faithfulness to support the work here at Celebration Church as we continue to reach out to the world around us. Speaking of the world around us, uh, we uh, recently had uh, started a billboard campaign. I don't know if anybody's seen the billboards. There's, yeah, there's three electric billboards on the east side of Green Bay, a bunch more on the west side, uh, but we just have the budget for the east side. If you'd like to help us reach the west side, give me a call. I would love to get your help in spreading this message around. Or maybe you just want to volunteer to pay for just one billboard. Let us know. But uh, uh, we've been doing this one that says uh, free wine and uh, getting quite the kick out of that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. Uh, but now we've changed. The nice thing about the electronic billboards is they can change as we go. This is our uh, Thanksgiving message there. So that's going to be popping up. And then uh, uh, we're going to just keep having stuff change, you know, like... Uh, 
comments for the Packer game or something like that. We're designing all these different billboards and we're doing it for uh, Christmas as well. And uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun as we uh, go through this next year, just constantly being in front of people, letting them know that we are here and willing to minister to them. All right. This morning, I want to speak to you about a message entitled, How to Leave a Legacy, a Lasting Impact on the World Around You. This, uh, this is today the last day of the Christian calendar. Uh, the Christian calendar begins next Sunday with the season of Advent, celebrating the coming of Jesus into the earth. And, uh, and next Sunday, we'll be here, but also uh, Jimmy Bratcher is going to be joining us. Him and his wife are coming, so we're going to see them. That'll be fun. Uh, and then uh, we'll be going into our season of Advent. During the season of Advent, we're asking people to do something special, a special gift uh, into the kingdom of God. Um, we want to invest into the kingdom. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when I talked about that great day when we will all stand before God and give an account for our lives. What did we do that has eternal value? And, uh, and you want to be on the positive side of that deal. And one of the ways, just one of the ways, is financially. And uh, so if you can do something special uh, during this Christmas season, help us be able to continue to do what we are doing to reach the world around us. Be very, very grateful for that. And God will bless you, I promise you. Um, but uh, how to leave a legacy. I got five points here. Number one, if you're going to leave a legacy, you have to remember that you were created for a purpose. If you don't think your life has a purpose, you will just drift through life. I have an analogy for people who uh, drift through life. I call them styrofoam cups. You know, you ever see a styrofoam cup in a parking lot? Getting blown away by the wind. That's a lot of people's lives. Wherever the wind's blowing it, that's where they go. Don't let that be you. Be intentional with your life. Do it on purpose. Uh, you say, well, I don't know what my purpose is. Well, you just keep serving God and, and, and God will make it clear to you. Truth of the matter is, if you just keep doing good things, he will direct you. You may not even be aware he's directing you and using you in ways that uh, only you can do it. But a lot of times people think, well, God can't use me because I've made mistakes, you know, or I'm too old, or I'm too this, you know. Friday's my birthday. I'll be catching up to Deanna pretty soon. And, uh, you know, man, I'm, my life's just getting going, man. Um, uh, this is, I finally hit puberty, man. I'm excited. So uh, you're never too old. You're never too many mistakes. Oh, if I hadn't done this, oh, my marriage failed, you know, da, 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 and God can't use me. And oftentimes we let our failures and missteps and mistakes. And I got to tell you, we have a lot of them. You know, it just, it is what it is. You can be, have the best of intentions and still mess up because of the power of sin that's in the world. But the good news is the power of the cross is greater than the power of sin. And we have forgiveness through Jesus Christ. So well, I could never be like those guys in the Bible. Really? Have you looked at these guys in the Bible? These are some seriously jacked up people. Uh, let's go through a list. Noah was a drunk. You know, when he'd drink, man, he'd just get hammered to the point he's ripping off his clothes. Laying around buck naked. Uh, you're really out of it when you're doing that. Abraham, Abraham was too old. He was a hundred years old before he became the father of Isaac, which became the Jewish nation through whom the Messiah came. And I'm sure there was days he felt like this is too much for me, but it wasn't. By the way, it's never too late. 
goodness gracious, you know. I, you know, I didn't even start thinking about pastoring in any serious level until I was almost 45 years of age. I am, in fact, a late bloomer. A lot of pastors my age have retired. I'm just getting going. I'm just getting the hang of this. This, this is awesome, you know. I, they're going to have to chase me off with a stick. So, uh, but, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago that nobody in the world knew anything about me and cared about anything I had to say. Today, through our Laugh Your Way Ministries and different things that we do, we travel all over the world, speaking into millions of people's lives, doing everything I was always told you cannot do, which is be silly. It's what I do, you know? And uh, you know, if you want to be depressed, this is not the church for you. All right, so anyway. So Noah was drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Joseph was abused, abused horribly. Oh, Pastor, I can't do it. Oh, I've been abused. No, you can still have purpose in life. Somebody say amen. amen. Moses was a murderer. This is the guy who wrote the great phrase, thou shalt not murder, said the murderer. Gideon, he was a coward. Samson was a womanizer. This guy, this guy had serious issues. Rahab, who helped the children of Israel as they came in to take the promised land. She was a prostitute. David had an affair. This is the guy who killed Goliath, the great king, wrote the wonderful Psalms, cheated with some woman, and then murdered her husband. This bad stuff. Jonah ran from God. Peter denied Jesus. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced several times. Paul persecuted. Christians. He broke up families. He had them arrested, thrown into prison, killed. This was the one who wrote most of the New Testament. Lazarus, poor Lazarus, he was dead. <laughs> when your purpose in life is to be dead, that stinks. You know, but he was dead and Jesus raised him from the dead. And the whole world was shocked at how because when he raised the Lazarus from the dead, he was seriously dead. You know, a lot of people had just died and, you know, and he would pray for them, they'd come back to life. But, you know, you're a skeptic. You're going to think, ah, oh, maybe the guy just passed out. You know, and this is the way people think, right? He probably wasn't all, you know, there's something else. But Lazarus, he's in the grave for three days. He's more than just mostly dead. He was completely and totally dead. Remember, you're created for a purpose. And if you don't know your purpose or don't feel like you have a purpose, your motivation to create some kind of legacy will not be there. All you're going to do is drift from one day to the next and burn away your life. Which number two is you want to make a difference? You want to leave a legacy? You have to absorb the fact. I love this word, absorb. Because we got to absorb it. It takes a little while, honestly, to get this. You need to absorb the fact that your life is short. Well, I know that. <laughs> no, 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 no. If we really got how short our life is, we would live differently. Now, the older you get, the more you realize life is short. You young people, if you're less than 20, you haven't a clue how life is short at this point. You guys remember when you were young and it seemed like everything took forever? How long before school's over? How long is class is done? How long before I get my driver's license? How long before I graduate? It just, I remember sitting in class, sixth grade, looking at the clock, and the second hand would go, man, it seemed like it took forever. The older you get, the faster that second hand moves. You get to my age, it turns into a fan. 
I've used this analogy many times. Think about it. Even those of you fairly young, how fast did the last 20 years go? Most people get less than four of those. I hope to get another two yet. Be around for a while. Goodness gracious, life is short. If you don't get the idea life is short, again, you will drift from day to day. Not only will you have not a purpose, you will just waste time. The more you realize and absorb the fact your life is short, the more today will matter. If you think today doesn't matter, you don't get the fact that your life is short. If you think tomorrow doesn't matter, this next week doesn't matter, oh, the next month and a half doesn't matter, you are failing to realize how brief your existence in this life is. Let's look at some scriptures along these lines. Psalm 102, the psalmist writes, my days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass. James, the fourth chapter, some of my people who make all these plans, he says, well, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. Psalm 90, verse 12, I like this one. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Why? The more you are aware, the more you absorb, the more you are conscious of today matters because my life is short, the more wisdom you will have in your life and take things seriously and do the things that matter. If not, and you don't, it's because you have no idea how short your life is. Psalm 39 says, Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. That's a pretty bold prayer. I don't think I want to know this. <laughs> I don't want to see the end. I was a really long way away. But let me know how fleeting my life is. He's praying this. God, help me to see this. Why? Because time matters. Today matters. He said, you've made my days a mere hand breath. The span of my years is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. In Ephesians in the New Testament, we read, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because our days are limited. It is just and gone. And that's why I spoke a couple of weeks ago about Judgment Day. When Christians and unbelievers, unbelievers have their own judgment, as I explained earlier, it's called the great, great white throne judgment. You don't want to be around for that one. But then the judgment seat of Christ, where you're still going to be saved because of your faith in Jesus, but then you got to show what you did with this. And there will be those, the Bible says, that'll be, they'll be saved as if by the skin of their teeth. They will have nothing to show for eternity because they did nothing. They invested nothing. And what a sad day that will be. Our life is so quick. What we are doing in this world is so short. You start to understand it, it makes a difference in you. So number one, remember that you were created for a purpose. Number two, absorb the fact that life is short. Number three, this is important, cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Be thankful. We should be the most thankful people on earth because God blesses us. You say, oh, no, everybody seems to be blessed whether they know Jesus or not. I know people don't go to church and they have a great life. Listen, the Bible says that God reigns the earth with his blessings, but also on the good and the bad. When it rains, it doesn't just rain on good people. 
it would be good if it did, because then you could see who all the bad ones really were. But it's not like fall, spots of rain are just looking for, oh, there, hit him and ignore the other people. When he blesses the earth, he blesses, that's just God's heart. He's a giver. He's a blesser. Be grateful. Walk around with a thankful heart. Ephesians, the fifth chapter says this. Be, uh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong one. Colossians, the second chapter says, so then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, you've done this, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Colossians 3, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Colossians 4, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. The book of Hebrews, since therefore we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, thank God, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Be a grateful person. If there's anything that should be coming out of your mouth all the time is thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Be gracious to people. Somebody does something, thank you for it. Do you say thankful to your wife for everything she does? To your husband for what he does? You know, be a gracious person. Be thankful to your children. Your children should learn to say thank you. And if they don't, remind them. <laughs> so they develop an attitude of thankfulness. Man, I'm a grateful guy. I'm not a perfect guy, but I tell you what, I am just grateful. I, we got a great parking spot. I go, praise the Lord. Woohoo! Right? You know? And if I have to wind up parking on the far side of the moon, then I'm thankful because I can walk. The people who can't walk do get the better spots, I do admit. <laughs> good news, bad news. Good news, you got a good parking spot. Bad news is you can't walk very well. You know? But goodness gracious, be thankful. Be grateful. We should be the most grateful people on earth. Seriously. The one word should be coming out of your mouth all the stinking time. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for that. Thank you, God, for your blessings. You know? They give thanks when you, you know, you sit down and you eat. Thank you! I think the people who don't do this, they've just never truly been hungry. You know what I'm talking about? I've been in situations in life, especially in the early days, where we would fast not because we wanted to. Because there was nothing to eat. I've never forgotten those days, ever. And to this day, I am just thankful and grateful. <laughs> I didn't talk about this in the early service, but you know, you know, early part of your life is hard, right? All you geezers, right? It's hard. You young people, you think your life is hard. <laughs> you know nothing about it, all right? And it's supposed to be hard. Don't get mad because when you graduate, you don't have everything mom and dad had. It took them 40 years to get it, all right? I remember the early days, man. We would take cold showers. Again, not because we wanted to, but the heater wasn't working. Ever have those days? Man, every day to this day when I take a, a hot shower, I was, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Why? Because I remember what it's like getting the cold shower, and it was not fun. Quick showers, though, I will admit. Be grateful, man. Be grateful. So number one. Remember that you were created for a purpose. Number two, absorb the fact life is short. Number three, cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Number four, allow people to see your life. 
Let people see. You know, I mean, you don't have to see every little blooming detail, but you don't need to hide. Let your light shine. Jesus said, don't be a, your life under a bushel. You don't have to take a light and hide it under a bushel. Let your light shine. All of it. Even the bad stuff. Even your struggles. So I don't want people to know I'm struggling. I'm amazed how people don't want to, others to know you're struggling. Why? Is that an ego thing? I, mean, I don't get it, man. Even in the best possible thought, well, I don't want people to know because I'm struggling because I, I, I want to be a good testimony. You know what's a good testimony? When you struggle and you come through it. Some of you right now are in the midst of all kinds of heartache. You know what you are? You're in the middle of a testimony. Right? We love to give glory to God. Everybody loves a testimony. Everybody wants a miracle. Just nobody wants to need a miracle. But you only get a miracle if you need a miracle. And you want a miracle, and then you get mad when you need the miracle. Are you following me? You know, we read the, you know, uh, what's his name, Daniel, being thrown into the lion's den. Woo, what a great story. Yeah, the bad news, you got thrown in the lion's den. We talk about people, men, miracles would come as a result of horrible circumstances that they were in. And a lot of people, as soon as they get in the horrible circumstances, they moan and groan and complain. Man, don't do that. Let your light shine, even your struggles. Let people see. Because at the end, they'll see God turn things around. Let your kids know. You don't need to let them know everything, you know, but let them know when the family's struggling, not to depress them, put fear in them. I know guys who do that, and they need a slap. Well, I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know if we have enough money. I might lose money. Yeah, shut up. All right? Be a man. Grow a pair, for heaven's sakes. Amen. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> have some faith, man. But it's okay. You know, we're struggling right now, but it's going to be Okay. Watch what God does. We're in a tough time right now, but watch how this turns out. And that has an impact on people. That has an impact on your kids. Again, don't fill them with fear, because you're full of fear. First of all, stop being afraid of everything. And speak life into your circumstances. It's powerful stuff. First Peter chapter 2, he says, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Romans chapter 14 says, for none of us lives to ourselves and none of us dies to ourselves. We are here. We are to be a open book for people to read and to see what God does with your life. So number one, remember that you were created for a purpose. Number two, <laughs> absorb the fact that your life is short. Number three, be thankful. Number four, allow people to see your life. And then finally, number five, be a giver. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about with your life. Give your time. Say, and I know people sometimes, they feel bad because they don't always have time. Well, don't freak out about that. Life comes in seasons, okay? You're a new mom, and you got three little chubby-faced monkeys to deal with. You got no time. That's fine. The people pass, I have no time to help at church. <laughs> hey, take care of those monkeys, man. You know, that's what you're doing. Or you're building a new business. I always get a kick out of people who say, I wish I had my own business so that I could have lots of free time. <laughs> Clearly, you've never had a business. Because I got sucked alive for 18 hour days. Anybody building any kind of business knows you work your butt off to keep that sucker alive. And when you're going through that, you don't have a lot of time. Some of you guys right now, you say, Pastor, I just don't have a lot of time. I get it. But whatever time you do, be a giver with it. You know, don't freak out. And then when you do have time, then be all the more gracious and generous with your time. Be generous with your affections. Be nice to people. Say nice things 
to people. Look at people. You, know, do you, you guys know Nazareth? He comes here every once in a while and speaks. And uh, he's a comedian. I, I love being with him because he always looks to, for something to say nice to people, you know, and compliment guys or some ladies, you know, maybe they're not really even all that attractive, but he'll say, oh, you have the prettiest eyes. You should see what that does to people. They just light up. Oh, thanks. You know, I should walk with that for 10 days. You know, someone notice I have pretty eyes. Just be nice to people. Be generous. Tell your kids you love them. Tell your spouse you love them. Tell your wife you love her. Some of you guys, you never tell your wives you love them. I know, they tell me. <laughs> Why? Well, I told you I loved you once. If anything changes, I'll let you know. You know, yeah, don't be that guy. Be generous with your affections. Be generous with your time, your energy, your affections. Give. That's the one thing you probably shouldn't give is your unsolicited, unsolicited opinions. <laughs> Sadly, people give that real freely. <laughs> Let me tell you what I think. Really zip it, Skippy. All right, nobody asks you. But then, of course, then your money. I hate it when you talk about money. Listen, money isn't some separate thing from your life. Money is your life. Do you know what you're going to spend most of your life doing? Working. You're going to be working. Hour upon endless hour upon endless hour. And in exchange for that, you get money. Now, it's not a fair system. There are some people who work like crazy and get almost little to nothing in terms of money. Others seem to hardly do anything and everything they touch turns to gold. And so it's not a fair system. Don't worry. God has a way of working it out. He said, to whom much is given, much is required. If you're not being super generous because you're greatly blessed, you're missing that point. But your life you're, is reflected by money. When you give your family money, when you give your children money, when you give someone in need money, when you give into the kingdom of God money and lay up treasures for a day that you're going to have to give account anyway, it's coming too. There's no way you get out of it. You are laying up treasures in heaven. This is important. Because when you give the money, it represents you. This is my life. Don't think, this is my money. And that ain't your money. It's your life. Now, you don't want to waste your life. You don't want to throw your life in a slot machine. You don't want to do something stupid with your life. Invest your life and lose it overnight. Be smart with your life. Money, money, money. Money. But it's your life. Share your life. Be a giver. No, don't, don't always be afraid with your money. Oh, 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 I'll never have enough money. Well, you're a lot of fun. Listen, God will bless you. Give and it will be given to you. And I know the reason some people don't do it is they don't believe it. They don't believe what Jesus said. And look, it is what it is. I know you have a hard time with it and I hope you get to a place of faith when it does, it'll set you free. Again, we're not saying be stupid with it, excessive and do dumb things. Be smart, invest, save for your future, all these things. But don't be a hoarder where you hide and lock people off of the very essence of your life that's represented in money. So number one, remember you were created for a purpose. Number two, absorb the fact that your life is short. Number three, cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Number four, live your life so that people can see your life, even your struggles, that you might give glory to God. And number five, be a giver. 
Uh, I didn't have this in the first service, but I, I thought I probably should, I, don't, I missed this one. You know, one of the greatest things you can terms of a legacy is, uh, is children. It's your greatest legacy. It just is. Now, not everybody can have children. But, man, enjoy your children. You know, nobody gets it. You know what most people enjoy the most at the end of their life? Their kids. Even the ones that are driving you nuts, they'll eventually come around. Your grandchildren. This is a great legacy. It's a great man. It's talking about a part of you. These little rascals wouldn't even exist but for you. It's a wonderful blessing. It's, and enjoy it. I know they can be exhausting. And all the moms said, amen. Yes, I get it. But enjoy it. This is all part of your legacy. Amen. All right, we're going to turn to our time of communion as we wrap up our service. Yes, yes. The pastor's done. Let's clap. <laughs> Thought he never showed up. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. Uh, so during our time of communion, we reflect on what Jesus did for us. That's what all this is about. On that cross, he died. His body was broken so that we could have wholeness. His blood was shed so that we could have forgiveness of sins. That's what we remember when we take the bread and the wine. The bread represents his body. The, blood, the, the wine represents his blood that was shed for us. But the Bible says before we do this, we should pause and examine ourselves. So let's bow our heads as I pray over you. you know, how, 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 how are you doing? How was this week? You mess up in any way. As I pray this, just confess, confess to God anything that you know that you've been struggling with. But let me pray this prayer over all of us. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning, and in obedience to the scriptures, we pause to examine ourselves. If we have sinned against you in thought, word, or deed, by what we've done, maybe something we didn't do that we should have done, if we've not loved you with our whole heart, if we've not loved our neighbors as ourselves, if we haven't been as patient as we should be, if we said something harsh in anger that we shouldn't have said. We just ask you right now, for the sake of your beloved son, Jesus, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, have mercy on us now, we pray, and forgive us of all of our sins. And as heads are bowed, uh, maybe you're here this morning for the first time watching online, and you think, you know, I've never done this. I've never experienced what you guys are talking about. I've never had Jesus Christ come into my life. You can do that right now, just in your own words. Ask him straight up, Jesus please come into my life and forgive me of my sins. And in doing so, you can take your first steps of faith as God does a miracle in your heart and in your life. Amen.